Yes, good day once again. Welcome to another edition, episode 65, the Carlson edition of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. My name is Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations and Community Relations, the in-arena voice of the team. Joined, as always, with the radio voice of the team, Rob Mann. Rob, how you doing, buddy? It's good to be back. It is good to be back in town. I will say it is kind of a shame, given who our guest is later, that this was not the 64th episode of the podcast, but we'll make do with what we got. That's right. That's right. It would, would, it would have made a little more sense if we could have planned that one ahead, but unfortunately, we, we didn't. We don't plan. <laughs> we don't plan ahead. We don't plan. We don't plan. Here we are uh, on a Friday. Big thanks for uh, tuning on in and joining us. You know, this podcast, you could be listening whenever, but we are recording this, pushing it out on a Friday in between games. Rob, we have had a very busy spell in the last little week, or at least you have, in terms of coming back from the road trip, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, at, at least briefly, uh, parts of it. And then uh, after the road trip, right into this uh, series of games and big games at that, including the one last night. Before we get into all that, though, let's uh, let's indeed go back. And uh, since our last podcast, let's uh, let's just catch up a little on on all the comings and goings of the team. And uh, we're going to start by a couple of uh, a couple of additions to the roster since we've last talked, including our captain Nate Danielson being returned. That was an exciting piece of news around the office that day. It was a big moment for the Wheat Kings, and his very first game back, he delivers huge. We're in Lethbridge. Nate joins us en route. Of course, he comes back from Detroit to Calgary. Comes back to Lethbridge. And then while we're in Lethbridge, he joins the team. He comes onto the ice for his first game. His stat line, opening game, eight shots on goal, plus one, one goal, the only goal of the game, in overtime. About as dominant a return as you could ask for from your captain and arguable best player. I think that was a pretty a pretty impressive return for Nate. And then obviously, that's a hard standard to hold, though. You're not going to score every game and get eight shots on goal every game, but he's got talent enough to do it. Yeah, that was an incredible game for him and for Carson B. Arneson, who is going to be our guest here coming up in a little bit. Uh, Barney had an incredible game that night. Both goaltenders did. Uh, e- even on the rest of the road trip, even the games that got a little under out, out of hand, none of that was the goaltender's fault on these games. Uh, the, the guys in the crease have been really strong for us so far. I would say so, yeah. And, and you know, let's take that Portland game out of the equation for a second. We're going to speak of that as little as possible. But take that out of the equation. Carson Bjarnason's season so far for the Brandon Weekings has been excellent. In fact, even with that in the equation, he's still sitting on 9.05 save percentage. But it's more games like the one in Wenatchee and the one last night that I'm going to remember when I think of this stretch for Carson Bjarnason, where he's making 10 bell saves on elite shooters, keeping the Wheat Kings in it until their counterpunch can come through, and then... That's when, lately especially, guys like Brett Hyland and Nate Danielson have been taking over. And not just the 10-bell saves, but the multiple in a row, where he seems to be just finding his groove where he's always got great position. He's doing his best to be that big body, be mobile. Uh, but there was, a, even last night, there was a stretch, like the save of the game that we posted, there was like three in massive saves, back-to-back plays, where even the one, it was like, one and then rebound, another one. Anyway, they've been doing fantastic with that so far. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, another new player that joined the team on the road trip is Seth Tansom, new guy back on uh, back on the blue line. Yeah, I was pretty pleased to see Seth Tansom coming in. Obviously, I had some familiarity you know, with him. A little him. bit from yeah, PA. A little bit, a little bit. And I know what he's capable of. I know what the organization in Prince Albert thought of him and what their eventual ceiling for him might have been. And I know that as a 2006-born right-shot defenseman, this is a guy with... Years of Wheat King's tenure ahead of him. Still lots of time to grow into whatever his role turns out to be. 
And as a guy who was over a point per game as a defenseman in the Canadian prep ranks at 15, this is a guy who, down the road, very well could be able to quarterback a power play. He's got the potential to do that. In the immediate moment, more what he's going to be doing right now for the Wheat Kings is making sure, as Marty Murray put it to me, that the Wheat Kings forwards have the puck in their hands that he's able to get that puck from the Wheat King zone to the forwards on the rush and jumpstart them out of the zone. You can already see it coming in dribs and drabs, but now that Seth is actually in Brandon, actually getting to practice, and that's an underrated thing. You don't have a lot of practices on the road when you have seven games in 11 days, and a lot of the days you're not playing end up being travel days. So he's getting actual practices now with the team. And now that that's settling into routine, that's true for Nate Danielson as well, I think you're going to see him find another gear. From Nate to go from playing the systems and the structure in Detroit, it's not as if he came back, you know, completely blind, almost like 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 Seth would going to a new organization, not knowing basically anything. But still, you're right; it's got to take some time for him to recalibrate, readjust, get get used to his surroundings again, and even just the guy he's, you know, the guys that he's playing with on his line, uh, you know, the guys that he's playing with when he's in Detroit, vastly different uh, than the guys he's playing with here. Um, but with that being said, having these days here, there's been kind of a, I don't want to say like a complete turnaround because people weren't like down here. Like, like the, the players were very, very positive the start of the season. They were happy to be here. But after the trip, I thought it was going to be like a little bit, you know, down. And No, this week it was like the trip was over. It was water off their back. They could not be more happy to be home. They got some good rest in their own beds, you know, at least their 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 their, their billet beds. And then they're back here and the practice this week has been high energy. It's been intense. The coaches have had these guys working and what you saw last night was probably arguably at least for the home games, it was the home game of the of, of the whole season so far. There's only been now seven, but for sure, I thought that was the best overall effort from start to finish. A little bit in the second, it got a little dicey, but overall, I thought that was one of the better games. I would also describe that as one of the best hockey games we've seen at West Oa Place this season. Like, just take your fandom completely out of the equation. Let's yeah. pretend, hypothetically, you weren't rooting for anybody. You just wanted to be entertained. That game would have done the trick, and if you came to that game with the idea of watching NHL prospects... Like the hope being, okay, I can say years from now I saw Nate Danielson, Braden Jaeger, etc. play. Boy, did you get your money's worth. Oh, boy. All of them got on the score sheet. Jaeger, Furkus, both looked fantastic last night, as you'd expect their superstars to. Uh, Carson Bjarnason, you know, you had uh, Brett Hyland with a couple of goals. Nate, hardest working player of the game. It, it was, you were right, it was a great effort from all those guys that you would expect to be the guys who would step up. But the support roles from the from a lot of the younger, younger kids... They were just as important last night. There was a couple of great shutdown plays uh, that, that 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 happened. Uh, you know, in the I'm trying to think in the second and then late in the third. Um, and it was like some of our some of our 17 year olds who had to step up big. Uh, Roger McQueen continues to look very good. Caleb Hadland. Oh boy, what that, a difference! That that play. There's one I want to point out in particular. There was a pass. I can't remember who threw it to him, but it was basically like a waist-high pass slash shot that was going to be going down into the south end. Caleb was at the blue line, and he was able to use his hand-eye coordination to not just stop the puck from being what would have been an icing call and a dump-in, but he literally touched it, and the puck dropped right by his feet at the blue line, and then he got zone entry and got a play out of it. That hand-eye coordination on that kind of... As soon as he did it, I just grabbed the tail beside me. I said, "Guy, th- that was special. What what just happened right there? Little thing like that." But he's young, and just to show that level of skill, that would have been a highlight of the night move. 
I talked with Marty Murray a bit after the game about rewarding Caleb Hadland a little bit by giving him Brett Highland and Dominic Peter as line mates because Highland is a 20-year-old with high-end offense and you expect him to score. Dominic Peter's done nothing but score since he came to the Brandon Wheat Kings. He's been a revelation. So you give Caleb Hadland the spot on their line, that's definitely you know, throwing him a bone saying, hey, we're trusting that you can provide offense with these guys. His response, two assists. One of which was, you know, him holding the puck in at the blue line and spotting Brett all alone in the slot. He did a very good job last night. And Marty said something that stuck with me. He said, Caleb Hadlin can play with anybody. The style of the game he plays, the skill he has, the tenacity he has, I think that's the big one. You can stick him on any line on the Wheat Kings and he will succeed. But if you're able to put him on a line with those two guys, suddenly that depth that we've talked so much about up front just starts to shine through because you're spreading the offense around again. Last night also had some more physical play on top of the offense. It was probably a top five hit of the season that Matt Henry laid out there in uh, in, the, in the southeast corner of the arena. Uh, yes. That was a good hit. Not an easy guy to hit either. Lyndon Lakovich is a big guy, but Matt Henry's just strong. If, if he gets you in the gun sights and puts you in that position where you've got nowhere to go but into him, you're hitting the ice. It's going to happen. He's 215 pounds. He's a solid 215. And if he puts a shoulder into you, you are moving. That is all there is to it. He's called Hank the Tank for a reason. It's not just because of the fights. It is a very, very physical man to play hockey against. It was it was a very entertaining game. From start to finish, it was a whole lot of fun. Tomorrow, things don't get any easier for the team. You know, we're going to be talking in particular with Carson about just how tough this is when you got such great top teams, all three in the next, uh, the three home opponents here, the top 10 in the CHL. You had uh, Moose Jaw last night. You got Saskatoon tomorrow. Prince George Cougars coming on in next week. It's going to be a tough little stretch here, but uh, the way that they were playing last night, uh, you know, it's going to be more exciting than anything to see how they continue because this is the real litmus test, right? Like, if we want to be one of those teams, of course, then these are the games you got to show up, especially on home ice. You got to show that you can compete, and they sure did that last night. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do tomorrow. These are measuring stick games. That's that's what they are. And right now, the measuring stick looks pretty good because you went toe to toe with Moose Jaw, who, by the way, since we last saw them, it's worth pointing out, have bulked up. They brought in Braden Sherman and Kalen Parker from the Victoria Royals. So they've they've had that show of faith from their GM. I talked a little bit with Mark O'Leary about this. The idea that when your GM expends major draft capital, like top prospects, a good roster player like Ben Reich, and first-round picks, that's a show of faith. That's him saying, all right, I believe in you guys. Here's the extra shot in the arm. Go find the championship. Saskatoon's gotten a similar show of faith already. They bring in Graydon Seatman from the Calgary Hitman and Easton Armstrong from the Wenatchee Wild. So those are two teams that are pretty clearly in contention mode. They think they're the top teams in the league, and they've got reason to think that. Saskatoon's 8-3 and three on the year. They'd have no reason to think anything else. But they do have, you know, they, they do have all that talent. The Wheat Kings have talent of their own. And against Moose Jaw last night, the Wheat Kings' talent stepped up. It'll have to do so again when they face off against the Blades. There, I've got to remember this saying. I, j- I just saw it on the wall. Uh, talent beats, no, hard work beats. Ta- uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's oh, the yeah. one. I've that's seen the that one. one kicking around. Yeah, that that is like a lot of cliches. It's a cliche for a reason. It's just true. If talented guys don't show up and play, it doesn't matter where they're drafted. It doesn't matter how highly thought of they are. It doesn't matter who's scouting them. What matters is what they do on any given night. And last night, the Moose Jaw Warriors' top talent was excellent. The Brandon Wheat Kings' top talent was just...
just a little bit better. <laughs> it was it was it was a pretty awesome game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, before we get into our guests here this week, we do want to mention something very cool that took place. It was for the first time ever some Manitoba pride here. The WHL Cup took place. Now, this is the top prospect tournament for the WHL. It is the uh, U16 championships. It's all the Western provinces, but they call it the WHL Cup because mostly these teams are made up from WHL prospects, but really it's the it's the U16 championship. And a couple of weeking uh, prospects were on each of the provinces. It was a great showing, but in particular we want to talk about Jackson Jacobson, and we want to talk about Dylan McFadden, who had incredible tournaments for Team Manitoba, winning the first ever gold medal for the province. That's that's awesome. That's incredible. What a feather in the cap of the 204. It's great to see that happening. Jackson Jacobson leads the way offensively for Manitoba. Because you expect and him as to captain. do that. He's a and fifth, as captain. fifth yep. overall pick. But Dylan McFadden's stat line in that tournament was excellent. I think he ended up leading the tournament in save percentage. So he had a really good week. And when you looked at that final matchup in particular, we got a chance to watch it a little bit as we were coming home from the long road trip out west. We put on the gold medal game between Alberta and Manitoba. Manitoba had excellent prospects on their roster. Obviously, the expectation is that a guy like Jackson Jacobson is going to be a really good player down the line. Alberta was stacked to the rafters. Mm-hmm. That, like this, this was a Disney Mighty Ducks level underdog story. Alberta had, what was it, four of the top seven picks in the last WHL draft, I think six of the top ten. It was insane. The amount of talent on that roster was should have been unbeatable, but turned out they were beatable. Specifically by Manitoba. And that's fantastic. Of course, we love that. That's awesome. Even though we did a prospect song, like I said, on every team on every side, uh, that was that was something else. So congrats to Team Manitoba for pulling that out. Uh, also, a shout-out to uh, Gio Pantelis, our other first-round uh, draft pick, playing out there for Team BC. Uh, you know, not a super flashy, flashy defenseman out there, but from all what we heard, just had another solid tournament. I just, I'm so excited for the future. Just effective, that guy. Man. That was what I noticed on the ice in, in preseason was he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, finishes his checks, plays effectively, and this is him playing steady hockey at 15. And the thing that just, that just made me smile was he got put in a position where because of injuries and guys being away, he had to play forward. In his last exhibition That's game. right, yeah. I asked him if he'd ever played forward before, and he said he had to go back to like his really early minor hockey days, and he did well. So that's a pretty good feather in the cap of a 15-year-old. It's, you know, a lot of fun for hockey fans to look forward to the future. Think about those top prospects, what's going to be going on. And that leads us into our guest here today. He is a prospect of the NHL club, the Philadelphia Flyers. We actually had him in here in the studio uh, back right before he had to take off for training camp. And now it's awesome that we can catch up once again. Barney, how are you? Good, how are you guys? We're doing great. Excited to see you again. Yeah, good to be back. You're now a multi-time guest here on the Weekly Harvest. Yeah, you bet. Joining some exclusive company. So, <laughs> Perry Bergson, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got quite a Hall of Fame list of multi-time guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so last time you were here, it was the very start of the season, and you were on your way down to Philadelphia for Flyers camp. And uh, you know, before we get into talking about what's been happening lately around here, well, let's let's, let's go back to that. How what was it like being down there in Philly? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously it's going to be a great experience. Uh, they treat you pretty well down there. But uh, like I said before, I think I was on here. I was just really fortunate to be able to go to dev camp and kind of get my feet wet in the organization. Um, obviously not knowing anybody, you kind of 
get to come to camp and you know see some familiar faces so it was nice to do that and um obviously coming home signing and everything uh, you know it was a really cool cool experience did you get a chance while in philadelphia to like be a tourist at all like did you get a chance to look around the city see what it has to offer maybe see some other sports teams in action yeah we uh i got to go to an eagles game which was, was pretty sweet uh football down there is i guess the the biggest thing so i got to get into that and then obviously a couple phillies games so uh, it was pretty cool. Got to see a couple of players and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, just just really neat city for sure. What was one of the first experiences that you just went, man? I'm I'm a kid from Carberry, and <laughs> I'm here in Philly. Like, was there anything that was just larger than life that right away you're like, man, this is awesome? I mean, the players, obviously. Like, yeah. once, I mean, you're you're a kid growing up. Like, I watched Scott Lott and and like Delorier and all those guys on TV when I was like younger. Um, and then they come up to you and like shake your hand and uh yeah i mean all of it was pretty surreal and then you're kind of in the moment there and next thing you know you're you just kind of have to play and it, you kind of have to forget about it for you know a good while so um it was nice nice for me to just kind of soak it in quick and then um, be able to jump on the ice with all those guys and as a goaltender you're facing their shots too i've got to yeah. imagine delorier is a pretty strong guy he's got a heavy yeah. shot right yeah yeah no he's got a really good shot actually he um he kept coming down on the right side and he kept going low glove on me um and then in the gym afterwards he was he was kind of giving it to me which is which is funny it must have been pretty cool to put on that jersey for the first time i mean it's yeah. a pretty iconic logo iconic colors just much much like the Wee kings mm-hmm. but what was that feeling like putting it on and just looking down and seeing that crest yeah i like i just it was the same thing as you know when i came to play for the Wee kings for the first time i just sat there staring at the jersey for i mean probably five minutes obviously i had to play a game but um yeah, like you just look at the stitching and your name on the back, and um, yeah, all of it's just it's just crazy, and you know, it's probably one of the most nerve-wracking games I've ever played. Um, for at least, I mean, the first ten minutes, kind of get my feet under me, but uh, from there, it's just another game, which was kind of nice. And they spelled your name right. They did. Which is good. <laughs> yeah. uh, s- second try. Second yeah. try. Yeah. They had to ask. Eh? There were yeah. a couple a couple of beat reporters in Philadelphia. Yeah. We won't name names. A couple guys may have yeah. gotten the wrong spelling there. They had to throw a couple yeah. extra A's in there sometimes. Two A's, two S's. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, understandable. Yeah. Before you left for camp, we talked a little bit about how much you were looking forward to seeing another former Western Hockey League alumni, and oddly enough, a former second-round pick of the Flyers as well in Carter Hart. And did you get a chance to skate with him and learn from him at all? Yeah, it was really, I was lucky enough they put me on his team um, for, you know, the course of camp, which was really cool. Uh, Just getting to see his practice habits and stuff, you really get to um, see the true separation, you know, in in the preparation and and just the details and how I do things and how he does. So um, it's really nice coming back now, just being able to try translate that and, you know, help myself out throughout the year. What were some of the, I mean, you must have taken in so much while you were there with that, you know, amount of time you had with the coaches, but like, did you feel like you're a more complete player even after those few weeks getting that experience coming back here? Yeah, they're, you know, they're really particular on the way they do things down there, which is uh, really nice. All the goalie coaching and and everything, um, you know, it's, it's really over top of you and, you know, they make sure you're doing all the little things right, which is, you know, really important in the end, so. It might have sucked for a few days when they're, you know, really nagging on you, but I mean, it definitely helps coming back and, you know, just being able to have practice habits like that. And then you get back and right away, there's not really any easing into it here in Brandon, is yeah. there? It goes pretty much right into the U.S. road trip. Does it feel like you're yeah. taking some time to catch your breath? Yeah, a little bit now. Uh, just after the trip, we had we had like two days off, which was nice, but 
Yeah, I mean, I guess when I first came back, uh, I played the next day in Moostra, I guess. So it was a little bit of a turnaround. Um, same thing, I guess, for Danny too, right? He, he jumped right into the road trip. So, um, yeah, just nice to get back here and, you know, know that I'm playing with this team and, and these guys. And it, it must feel real good to have the level uh, or know the level of confidence that they have in you. It's not all the time, especially with a goaltender, that they sign you before this season. A lot of times they'll want to see where you're going, but obviously made an impression that you got to sign your name to paper. What was that experience like, putting putting the pen down? Yeah, my uh, my agent called me, and I was just, yeah, I was maybe a couple explicit words going on, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like, he, he called me and um, called my parents immediately after, and grandparents yeah it was it's crazy it's something you can't really describe you just you're so caught up and then the next day I went in and um you know shook everybody's hand and and signed so it was it was really neat and there it is you and Danny Briere sitting side by side <laughs> yeah the photo yeah. live forever it was it was that's really pretty cool. cool yeah that's pretty cool you talk about growing up watching guys play Danny Briere yeah. was the guy we, you know, right yeah. we would grow up watching I yeah. guess we should clarify when you say Danny you mean Nate Danielson but if you're saying yeah. Danny you know yeah, another yeah. guy you could mean you're on a first name basis with the Philadelphia GM <laughs> I don't know I'll, is it Mr. Briere <laughs> I call him Danny Okay. Yeah, I never really saw him around too, too much. But, you know, when you did, you just say hi and shake your hand. And same as, like, the coach and stuff. It's just, you know, he torts or whatever. I don't know. He's a little scary, but... What was that? What was that meeting like? Because a lot yeah. of these guys, in the players you mentioned too, but they're like these larger-than-life figures. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, like, Hart, Hartsey being, like, one of my favorite goalies too. It's That was crazy. Um and then yeah, yeah, Carter like, Hart, another WHL guy, yeah, right? So yeah, really neat. Um, yeah, like I lived with Lots Scott Lawton for a week and a half, and like it's yeah, it's just really cool. To, and it's such a such a great culture uh, down there. It's you know you're you're walking in and they're just welcoming you like immediately. It's it's amazing. And Brandon's a pretty hockey mad city, but I think Philadelphia's got that reputation of those just rabid yeah. fans. Yeah, they want to see that team all the time. Yeah, I mean, with I mean, they have the Phillies, they have the Eagles, they have yeah, like it's it's a really busy city, and it's um, you know really cool to be able to you know put that pressure on yourself in the right way. Well, and the fan bases for, for both you and Danny, Nate Danielson, Danny. Yeah, original uh, six you know, guy. Every, every time that we, yeah, original six, every, every time that we have been posting highlights from you guys, and since you come back, there's been more than a few. Uh, the fan bases for the teams, for the Flyers, yeah. coming out and, you know, watching and, you know, going to be cheering you on this season. Same thing with, with Nate. Every time we mm-hmm. post, or the WHL last night posted the clip of of, uh, of the Nate goal where it was, you know, stop Nate once, sure, but not 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 twice. Yeah. Well, the fan bases. There, especially when a night where Detroit loses, they're there. Yeah. They're like, "Well, this is good news. At least I get to enjoy something." And like you know, that, yeah. you know, all the gifs they're watching, just like the guy sitting in front of the oven waiting for it to bake. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is this is what junior hockey's about, right? So yeah. now you guys, you know, down the road could have quite the NHL rivalry, but you're back here on the same team for now. Let's get back into now this season and the Wheat Kings. So you jump into the fire. You guys did on that road trip. The road trip is is it is what it is, <laughs> and it, yeah, and, and what happened like happened. Yeah. Uh, we've you know what the Wheat Kings have had worse West Coast trips. They've had better, but yeah. they have had worse. So yeah. um, you know picked up at least a, a few points out there. Uh, some very very interesting games. Uh, yeah. Very highly riveting games. 
But then you get back here finally after two and a half weeks. And just last night, we're recording this here on the Friday. Thursday night, we had a game. It was versus the Moose Jaw Warriors. These, we talked about these three games. You get yeah. back from that really hard road trip, and now you got to face three of the top 10 teams in the country in Moose yeah. Jaw, Saskatoon, NPG. Let's go back to last night, that first game. What was that like coming back home and playing in front of the home crowd for Moose Jaw? Yeah, really important to get the win for sure. It's, you know, like you said, kind of coming off a trip like that, you want to be able to establish, uh, you know, a new new mantra and, like, just, you know, really just kind of reset. So it was really important for us to get the two points there. Um, like you said, three top ten uh, Canadian teams here coming in. So just going to be really important for everybody to, like, take care of themselves, just all the, all the kind of little habits and stuff and, um, I mean, for I think for us, just practice habits, making sure we're you know really dialing it in uh, during those couple hours we have in a day. There's a couple moments from that game against Moose Jaw that I want to pick your brain on a little bit, and one of them is actually before the game even starts. I know goaltending's a pretty tight fraternity. Mm-hmm. You get to see a young guy, Dylan McFadden, take his yeah. rookie lap, come in as an emergency goalie. Do you have any advice that you offered him, or any words of encouragement that you give a young man like that before he comes onto the bench? Yeah, I mean, he was a really, he was a pretty reserved, quiet kid, but, um, you know, really nice kid. I met him in the summer after he was drafted and got to skate with me a couple times. So, um, good talent in him and, you know, just really excited. Just kind of wanted him to know that, you know, it's all good and just, you know, kind of sit back, relax and, uh, you know, just enjoy it. Enjoy putting on the jersey and seeing your number and everything. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have him back soon. There, there could have been that thought, you know, in his head pregame, like, Oh man, what if what what if he gets rattled and I got to go in and I got to take over for Barney? Well, that did yeah. not happen at all last night. You did yeah. not give the kid a chance to play, did you? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, no, that's yeah. that's right. Uh, it was a heck of a game last night. First star performance. Uh, you know uh, the saves of the game. There was like the uh, there was that couple of little spurts there, but especially in the second period, mm-hmm. when you had to be on, you were on last night. Mm-hmm. What is it like when you're in that zone? Yeah, it's it's not like you feel anything it's just you definitely have you have no thoughts like it's the it's the fact that you you can do anything and no matter what you're just going right back to the play um you're focusing on the puck only you're playing as big as you can and uh just just the part where like you don't you don't hear anything you don't think about anything it's just your your body's kind of reacting uh the way it should right it's just the the flow state of a hockey player it's it's nice to be in for sure it's something you always want to be I'm glad you said that there's no thought process involved there because I imagine for someone who's not in the zone, you can think yourself into trouble, especially when you look up and you think to yourself, oh my goodness, that's Jagger Fergus coming in on me and there's nobody between me and him. That moment in the second period there where you stopped him point blank, what's going through your mind after you make that save, if anything? Yeah, like you just said at the end there, like if anything, it's just kind of the fact that he's coming down and I know he's a righty. Uh, Other than that, I know their top, top pairing was a lefty and two righties and um, yeah, Matejuk being a left, like it's it's just kind of something you look at before the draw. Um, you know, I, I pick out what hands they are and where their one timers are set up. But other than that, you you have to know they're on the ice, obviously. But um, for the most part, you you know that they're both righties coming down, and uh, it's just kind of I mean, it's my job to stop the puck, so it's nothing too much more than that. I guess we, we big up Jagger Fergus on that one, but we were talking moments ago about you facing NHL caliber shooters. It's probably a little bit of a different feeling when you've been used to, you know, your Joel yeah. Farabies and your Travis Konechny's and guys like that in the Flyers organization. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> they have some wires. I, I remember coming back. My, like, my hand still <laughs> some hurts. Wires. Oh, man. Like, they'd shoot it off, like, my pad, and I'd feel it on my shin. I was just like, oh, gosh, like. <laughs> they shoot the fuck hard. Is Ice bats after the practice, eh? Yeah, who's the who's the comparable on the on, on our team on the Wheaties? 
Who's got the hardest shot? He just walked by, I think. <laughs> well, number 29's okay. Um, <laughs> is that who walked by? I didn't see. Danny just walked by. I didn't see. No, he's, he's got a really hard shot. It's very accurate, too. So, it's, I mean, I'd say one of the best in the league for us. And then Charlie Ellick definitely has a hard shot from the point. Uh, puts a lot of weight into it. And Highland. I mean, he puts puts his body weight into it. He's a really strong guy, too. The one guy I thought was walking by, maybe you guys were looking, it was uh, Seth Tansom, the new guy. Uh, Seth is going to be coming up here to get his headshot here in the studio the next little bit. Uh, let's talk about that. So yeah. while on the road trip, uh, Seth gets to join the team. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, it, what's it like, uh, you know, having having him on there? Yeah, he was my roommate the rest of the trip. So, um, you got to know him well then, I guess. Yeah, he's a he's a really good kid. He he might be really quiet, but you know he just he just means so well. It's it's nice to have a guy like that on your team. Just um, you kind of look at him and you can't do anything but smile. He's just a he's a really down to earth and, and quiet kid. So it's it's nice to have that. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him some more. I, I told me he has to think about his goal song because uh, I still don't have it written down. So thankfully, and not, you know, maybe he wasn't want to hear this, but thankfully he didn't score last night because I wouldn't have been yeah, ready for it. But, a, didn't yeah, I didn't didn't have a song, but we Straight but, but we will for Dagger. tomorrow. Chelsea Dagger, but <laughs> tomorrow enough. tomorrow we will. So Soon enough, yeah. We'll have to talk to him about that. Uh, you know, things now on the back end starting to you know form a little more with those guys, starting to find some chemistry in front mm-hmm. of you. Uh, what's your role with with the defense? Yeah, just kind of going back to practice habits. We definitely talking a lot. Uh, it's something we have definitely stressed in practice and stuff. Just making sure we're communicating, uh, being really loud on the ice, making sure we can hear, hear each other. And uh, I mean, that goes a long way. That's what you see at the next level is when you're when you're helping each other out and communicating. You just you don't even have to pick your head up sometimes. Like some guys just make the play and it's it's an in and out of the zone. So. Uh, communication for us and just making sure we're, you know, my head's up and, you know, they see the ice well. And you said communication there, and, and we talked earlier about the fact that goaltending is kind of a fraternity. Right now, the lion's share of the starts are going your way, and you've been in the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah. Your first year in the league, it was Ethan Kruger getting a lot of the starts. When you talk to Ethan Eskett and try to prepare him for life as a young backup goalie in the Western Hockey League, what kind of words do you impart to him? Yeah, he. We were playing the other day, and obviously the one one game on the road trip, it was it was tough. So, um, went in and just kind of told him to focus on himself. Um, obviously, there's nothing you can do when other people make mistakes, and um, you know you just gotta you gotta want to crave uh, activity and, and crave the puck coming down your way instead of you know dreading it. So, uh, just little tidbits here and there. Obviously, we'll get into it more hopefully uh, throughout the year and give him some more advice as as he needs it and when he needs it, but. Um, you know, he's he's really talented, so I've just been kind of letting him do his thing. I will say he doesn't seem to be shy to handle the puck in the viewings I've had of him this no, season. Yeah. It seems like he's really willing to come out and play it. When you guys are messing around before or even after practice, yeah. does he have a pretty good shot? I feel like he would. Yeah, and good for him. Yeah, he's, a, he's a really strong kid. He plays the puck well. He has good poise. Um, I mean, there's been people asking me, you know, to see why he plays it, and I, I have nothing to say. I mean, he plays it really well and sees the ice well, and, um, I mean, if he does does good in all those aspects, why bother him? He he does really good. Am I gonna have to get a goalie goal song ready? I was thinking about that last <laughs> night. Actually, the you puck came in on there you, was, and the net yeah. was empty. There <laughs> was there was the first ever C. I saw that on Twitter. The first CSSHL first ever goalie goal. Yeah, I loved him coming off the ice. Hey, all these yeah. see that part? Yeah, I did. Yeah. All the That's kids jumping cool. all over, losing their minds. Yeah. That was awesome. But uh, what what would we play if there was ever a goalie goal here? Gosh, I mean, um, if it was going to happen, it would come from a goalie that's in the Flyers organization. Yeah, following in the steps of Ron Hextall. Ron There's I precedent mean, yeah. there, right? Man, I'd I'd have to take some recommendations in. I'm 
I really have no idea off the top of my head right now. I'd Do have you to believe in playlist. magic? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Magic, magic by the cars would be my yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Something. Yeah. 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 Off uh, the off the movie with the car. Um, what was the the headlights? It's started oh. playing magic. You know. You know what the yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I know the one you're talking about, and I can't. It's I can't call it to yeah. my mind right now. I'm usually magic. An, an encyclopedia for these sure. things, but yeah, we'd go with that one. Movies that come up a lot on this podcast already. Yeah. Surprisingly, that and, that and food. Food. Uh, hey, hit the whip. <laughs> Now you're going to get me hungry. I got to get off that. Uh, number 64. We want to talk about this. Yeah. You went from uh, a very common, uh, very normal goalie number to something very unique and personalized. Yeah. People have been, you know, asking why. And, and we kind of said, you know what, we're going to we're gonna get to that. And, and, yeah. and here we are. So yeah. explain to people why you went to number 64 this season. Yeah. So 31, I mean kind of between 34 and 31 were, were my numbers growing up um just favorite goalies and stuff thought i'd just be you know pretty pretty simple with that but um you know when people ask i just say i i thought i'd change just for fun but um you know it was my grandpa was 64 when he passed away a few years ago so um you know i thought it'd be a good tribute to him and you know be able to carry his number i've seen a few goalies in the past where 64 um di pietro and stuff in in windsor and whatnot but um, you know, it's not a very common number, obviously. So uh, I thought I'd switch it to that. And, um, you know, when people ask, I'm happy to tell them. I, I absolutely love that you switched. What One for the reason, and any anything to honor. But, you know, with oh, sorry, finish that thought. Anybody to honor somebody that you love, especially like that. But also just to show off your personality a little bit and not yeah. stay within those confines. Yeah. We would always, you know, in the past, the way that Kelly McCrimmon ran this team, you had to wear certain numbers. Defense had numbers, forwards yeah. had numbers, goalies had numbers. You couldn't deviate or anything. Yeah. Now we're seeing stuff that we never saw before. We're seeing Nolan Flamin yeah. wear the highest number in Wee King history, wearing yeah. a 91 out there. Yeah. We're seeing our goaltender wear 64. I want to hear from you about what that means, just you know, from a player standpoint, yeah. to have that freedom that you can wear what you want and what that means even more for you when you put yeah. that jersey on. Yeah, to have that flexibility is pretty sweet. Obviously, like you just said, Flamin, uh, Peter, 82. So it's how it's good really does that cool. look on him? Man. Yeah, very it's, good. That's the right number for him. I don't good number any... for, a really for a good, good Euro. Player. Yeah, very good player. Um, it's yeah, it's really nice. Obviously, it's. I don't know how it would have went down a few years ago if I was on the team and, and asked for that just for, for the reason it has. But, um, you know, really special. I, I didn't want to switch to it last year. I I don't want to look uh, too, too flashy and stuff with everything. So, um, you know, it took a lot of thought and, and thinking about it. But um, in the end, I thought it was just for a really good cause. So um, personally, just, you know, nice looking number on me. And I think and, um, you know, was happy to switch when I when I made my choice. Well, and luckily you did that after you signed your entry level contracts. Now you can afford to replace your parents' jerseys yeah. with yeah. with with the new numbers. I saw yeah. your dad sporting the new one. Yeah, yeah, he's got it. So I was gonna ask about that when him. when Nate signed his his NHL entry level deal. There were a lot of jokes downstairs about, oh, I guess he's getting this meal for the team. I guess he's getting this hotel stay, that sort of thing. Do the guys give you a little bit yeah. of the gears about that? Yeah, it's. It's a back and forth joke, and you know, every time we go to Lethbridge, we gotta, you know, splurge on some ice cream. There's, I can't remember. Do you know the ice cream? Shop? I know the one you're talking about. It's That's not actually the... been a thing a long time. Yeah, yeah when the weekend sign, I mean, yeah, you go there, you got buy guys ice cream. Yeah, Vinny got Vinny? it my yep. 16 year old year and stuff. So, right, um, you know, the odd joke here and there, but yeah, today, like Nate got me Kadova the other week there when he came back, and then I had to, 
get him. Yeah, it's it's a back and forth thing. I th- I think it was Vinny. His he says first thing that he bought was a set of golf clubs. Have you bought anything yet? Is there the one thing um, that you're like, I just want, you know, not saying you're gonna spend it all or do this and that or sit, but is there one thing you're like, I just want to do this just so I can say I did that with my first. I uh, I got a cool pair of shoes. Um, shoes, okay. Like I was there I when you got you that. Yeah. yeah. What kind of shoes? They're like they're like Nike Nike shoe, Nike Dunks. They're called. Um, I don't know. They're pretty cool. A little flashy oh, for me personally, but that and the Batman costume. All <laughs> <laughs> up. The look I'm on your sorry, face right I could now. not bring this up. I forgot about that. I could you, not bring this up. Is this your Halloween costume, or are you just I, in the I Batman? Hope it is. I to, don't know. You don't know. Well, I guess we're gonna find uh, out. We'll I don't find know. Out. But yeah, I was, <laughs> I was doing an impression or or something of like <laughs> we were... Christian Bale and like in like a couple of his movies. It was a then, good impression and too. And then like... the guys were like, "Oh my gosh, you have to get a suit." So I was sitting in the hotel lobby, and all the coaches walked in, and I was sitting there in my Batman suit with my one ear hanging, hanging. <laughs> <laughs> it was a twenty dollar or something suit, like it was a cheap <laughs> suit. So um, yeah, it looked ridiculous, but you know, all the guys. Went around the hotel and made a few few guys laugh, so it was funny. We were in Kent at the time, and you know, yeah. you get a day off, and it's pouring rain outside, as it always is in yeah. Kent. There's not necessarily a lot of will to go out and walk around, so a lot of guys were in the hotel rooms just watching whatever's on TV. And I think probably three quarters of the team was watching the Batman, the Batman movie, movie Marathon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's all three of them. All three of oh, them were man. on TV yeah. that day. So I mean, it was a perfect, yeah. perfect scenario. Yeah, could hardly yeah. have timed it better. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was ridiculous. I. Uh, so Halloween plans. <laughs> is that what you're going to be doing or handing out candy or what? Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what I wear. we have to wait and find yeah. out. We don't we'll often get to break out. news on this podcast. Yeah. I guess we broke some there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Not sure. We'll see. Possibly. Speculation. <laughs> We're into the insider territory now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now tomorrow night, we have got ourselves a, a big game. Speaking of Halloween costumes, there is going to be potentially thousands of kids here dressed up. Willie's birthday the last few years is taking on a life of its own. It's becoming yeah. one, one of our biggest games of the season. It is a lot of fun with the, the kids dressing up and all the extra games, and everybody loves Willie. What is your first memory? Because you're a local kid. Yeah. Everybody remembers Willie. Yeah. You, were you first scared of Willie? Was he your friend at the at the start? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess to really get it, I'd, I'd have to ask my parents, but I don't remember ever going up to him and being, like, all outgoing and stuff. Like, I was kind of, like, look back, and then, you know, you'd look for him in the stands, you'd be like, oh, there he is and stuff, and... There was the odd time where we'd bring the Carberry Plainsman, um, just the whole team, and like, I mean, you'd have the kids that go up to him and pull his tail and stuff, and I'd be like, "Stop! Don't do <laughs> yeah, it!" But yeah, yeah. Okay. He was. I just remember him just being so iconic, and you know, we'd talk about him in our in our locker room back in Carberry and stuff. How cool it would be to be a mascot and stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess I can't remember if I'd ever came to his birthday or not, but I I mean, he was. He was so iconic back back home and coming to the games. Even now, when we drive the Wheat King truck around, we were yeah. pulling up to schools, draw you know for Read to Succeeds or whatever. I got players getting out. We went to Read to Succeed. Matt Henry and Nolan Flamin get out, and you know you think it'd be like and Hank's pretty popular, yeah. but of course Willie's on the side of the trucks. So we pull up and it's just Willie. Will is Willie with you guys? Is Willie with yeah. you? Like no, sorry, you only get Hank the Tank and Nolan Flamin yeah. today. Players <laughs> must have felt great about that. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, we want player. Willie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny. No, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Uh, talk about what it means to play in front of a big crowd. Yeah, everything. I mean, our fans are what, you know, bring the energy to the to the rink. And, um, you know, when, when they're not here, you kind of have to bring it upon yourself. So it's it's definitely helpful when they come and, you know, 
we don't appreciate anything more than our fans it's it's definitely helpful and um you know just trying to get back on a winning track for sure to you know bring them all in it's going to be a tough go against uh, the saskatoon blades tomorrow uh we talked about earlier about how great of a team they are in pg but after you guys play like that last night how was practice today is everybody pretty upbeat and pretty you know obviously focused and excited to take on the challenge tomorrow more so than intimidated? Yeah, really. I mean, confidence is, you know, hopefully really high. Um, and especially our young guys and stuff, bringing it up through the lineup. Um, you know, we have a good, very good front end. And, and you know, our, our back end's definitely been taking some big strides. So, um, you know, really, really excited for tomorrow. I'm excited to see how the game pans out. And, you know, obviously, hopefully get the two points again. Barney's been great getting the chat with you and catch up here. I mean, as far as the flyer stuff is concerned, the off-ice stuff, the road trip shenanigans, everything, it's always great to have you on. We were talking about personality a couple minutes ago. I don't think, well, as far as numbers go, I think you picked a very good reason to change the one you did, but uh, you never needed to change your number to show off personality. Yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's nice being a little bit of a life guy in the, in the room and stuff. So As that video uh, said, same Barney, new number. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, it was a good edit. You did. You like really that? Yeah. Yeah. You did very well. Yeah. Uh, you your profile shoot was one of the more fun ones that we did. Oh my gosh, guys, we're throwing up laughing. In the there, back. there's so many clips. I like. It might make a blooper reel at the end of the year, Some but only clips. internal. <laughs> we never <laughs> want our fans to no, see. No, that one's not just, going on just, Twitter. Just, just, just how much fun you know some of these fun. guys have. But it, yeah. it's. And that, this is supposed to be fun, though, right? Yeah. Like, this is junior hockey. It's hockey in general. Yeah. This is oh, The whole thing is to have fun, right? So win, yeah. lose, or draw, if you're not having fun, then we're doing something wrong. But yeah, that's it, the biggest thing is the next level you see. It's it's definitely, it becomes, you know, a job at a certain certain time and point. So, you know, come back and enjoy this. You know, live yeah. it up a little. Enjoy have this some year. Fun. Work hard, but have fun. That's Absolutely. right. Yeah, All yeah, right. Better. Carson B. Arneson, second time here on the podcast. We'll uh, talk to you maybe later this season. We'll go for the hat trick. Right on. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your time. Once again, massive thanks to our buddy Carson B. Arneson, Barney, for coming on in here. Uh, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, and uh, somebody brought this up to me after the game last night, they asked why I say his name like I do when I'm doing the starting lineup. Nobody's really... B. Arneson. Yeah, I noticed I, that last night. And I don't... Me, like, if I'm going to put inflection on that name, that's how I would do it. Like I, that. I don't know. Just when I'm introducing him, it just seems like that's the right thing to do for a starting goal. You know, every player has a little emphasis on some part of their name I like to give them. But something about that B and the B Arneson, I just really want to hammer that. Uh, anyway. I mean, if you draw his name out, that's what you say. That's, that's B Arneson. B Arneson. You got to hammer that B. There we go. But uh, it was awesome to talk to him. Man, you know, when we talk about some of the all-time best players just to take out in the community, to deal with fans, to just converse with, he's he's on my list right there. Oh, I've been working in the junior hockey ranks for seven years now, and I struggle to think of a better spoken player than Carson Bjarnason, like a guy who can articulate his thoughts so clearly and quickly in the moment. Like if if he were ever to take up this as a line of work, and given his goaltending lately, I don't think he's ever going to have to unless he wants to, but if he were to ever take up our line of work, he'd probably be quite good at it. Yeah. People have asked me in the past, you know, if you play hockey at a high level or if you don't play hockey at a high level, can you call hockey at a high level? And the answer is yes, because it's two different skill sets, but there are people who are blessed with both. I think of a guy like Ray Ferraro, who played at an extremely high level, another former Weed King, and who's gone on to an arguably even higher level broadcasting career. Carson Bjarnason could be one of those guys 20, 30 years from now. Here you go. We're going to have to save that clip right now and pull it back in 23 years when, when he's making his debut on TSN.
We'll have to try and save that. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> None of us <laughs> save it around this. Calling this. it. Uh, so coming on up, we have got Willie's birthday tomorrow. If you're listening to this whenever, but it's Saturday, October 28th. That uh, is Willie's birthday. We got a lot planned for that. Uh, we have got the mascots coming to play some, some fun games. We've got the indoor costume contest. The kids love dressing up for this. This is basically the Halloween game plus Willie's birthday. But we're going to have a costume contest for them. Uh, indoor trick-or-treating. Jump rope bringing the bouncy castles we got sign making we got the face tattoos we got all the kinds of fun you can imagine and uh, all of our friends are coming thanks to some great sponsors and that in that uh, school invite thing that we got to do once again so uh, all of willie's friends are going to be here tomorrow rob and uh, as you can tell by if you looked in the kitchen or you looked at the social media post there's a lot of candy that's going to be handed out as well that's something that i'm sure will get some kids attention maybe some adults attention too maybe some adults here in the office but i will say uh, you know putting myself in the shoes of a kid i think i would be pretty happy to do all the trick-or-treating with none of the snow we've gotten that pre-halloween snow dump here in brandon and if you're a young kid gonna go out trick-or-treating hey it's canada you design your halloween costumes to fit over a snowsuit but for that night you don't have to that's right. It's going to be awesome. So hopefully we're going to see you here uh, tomorrow night. And uh, if not, then one of the upcoming games, check out the full schedule online, of course, at WeKings.com. Any last thoughts this week, Rob? Looking forward to seeing Saskatoon and Prince George. I saw Saskatoon ad nauseum over the last couple of years in PA, mm. but PG I've seen only the once. And I'll tell you now, they're a talented group, but from what I saw last year in Prince George... This Wheat Kings team can skate with them. No reason for them to be intimidated despite all the firepower Prince George possesses. It is pretty neat that it's been almost four years since the Prince George Cougars have been here. So it's going to be, you know... Just neat to see a new opponent. I uh, get 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 to see a new jersey. I'm a big jersey guy. I love that. Right. I got to see the new logo. Cougars do have a good one too. I yeah. like that logo. It's fun. It's fun. So hopefully uh, we'll get to see you out here for uh, one of the games coming on up. Uh, and if you can't make those, well, it, there's going to be a whole lot more. Right. In November we got four games before a packed, cramped December. Uh, so lots of chance for you to come on out and cheer on your brand of Week Kings with a full schedule online. We'll have to see you at all of them at WeekKings.com. On behalf of Rob Mann, I'm Chris Follico. This has been the weekly. Harvest episode 65. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers.